Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am Katie Patrick, joined by Mr. David Fiorazzo. And uh, here we go. We here got we go. lots to talk about, as we always do. Now, we have been telling you this entire week and for several weeks now that Freedom Project Academy, our K-12 Judeo-Christian classical online school, is enrolling students for the fall, and we continue to do so. So we would love for you to take a little look-see at what we do here. Your child or your grandchild or your niece or your nephew can enroll full-time with the school, or maybe you just need one or two courses. All you have to do, give some information about our school, is to go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school. Com. Request your free packet free. and mention educated. Friends, it's once again that time of week that we check in with Mr. The Busy Guy, Alex Newman, to see what story he has to share with us this week. Hey, Alex. Thanks, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, so the World Health Organization, and you can't make this stuff up, now says that babies need to be thinking about sex and gender and sexuality and all the rest of it. And, and of course, this is now being implemented by governments. Uh, they are following in the footsteps of the perverted sex maniac Alfred Kinsey. Yeah, that's the guy who used taxpayer money to train a bunch of pedophiles to rape and sexually torture children, uh, including very young babies, as young as a few months old. Um, and so the UN is now following in his footsteps and has determined that babies and uh, children under four years old need to be masturbating. And it's embarrassing to even say that, but of course that's what they're teaching your children. Uh, and that they also need to be exploring their sexuality and their gender. And the government has a duty to encourage this. And you think I'm kidding, except I'm not. Uh, now the, the World Health Organization has actually been peddling this filthy garbage for a very long time. Uh, but it's the governments of the world are just now getting around to pushing this onto the victims of their so-called public school systems. Uh, and in the UK, the United Kingdom, this has become something of a scandal. Thankfully, it's made a national and even international headlines uh, as the government of Wales, the Welsh government, tries to impose this on the kids. So they have a conservative shadow minister for education. Her name is Laura Ann Jones. You see her on the screen right now if you're watching us. Uh, calling on this uh, so-called global health body to, and I'm quoting here, rescind this advice immediately. Uh, we must stop pushing harmful gender ideology into sex education in Wales and the UK with immediate effect. Uh, she called on the Welsh government to distance themselves from this, uh, from this quote-unquote disturbing frankly, disturbing UN guidance. Now, uh, for some perspective, this UN uh, World Health Organization report is directed at European policymakers. It was actually first released uh, over a decade ago, and uh, it is cited in the sex ed standards uh, by the Welsh government. And uh, in this program, children under four are encouraged to, and I'm quoting from the document here, ask questions about their sexuality and also explore gender identities. According to the WHO, they need to gain an awareness of gender identity, although they never quite explain why babies and children under four need to explore their gender identity. Uh, now, the UN uh, document also teaches these little children, and again, uh, close your ears if you have kids around, send them out of the room, uh, teaches them about the, quote, enjoyment and pleasure when touching one's body. They call it early childhood masturbation. Uh, the organization put out these really, really disturbing videos teaching very young children about masturbation. And of course, this is exactly what you would expect a, a pedophile to do while grooming children, right? Oh, there's nothing wrong with touching yourself, and you 
should study your, your private parts. And uh, I mean, this stuff is so sick, folks, and yet it's happening now um, in governments around the world. Uh, and of course, this, these ideas are not new. They go back to the pervert Kinsey I mentioned earlier uh, at uh, Indiana University, who trained a bunch of pedophiles to use stopwatches while they were sexually abusing children. These freaks and human pieces of garbage concluded that children were sexual beings from birth and that they needed lots of sex and lots of sex education. Uh, and if you think I'm, I'm making this stuff up, uh, if you want the evidence, Kinsey actually included it in his disgusting book, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male. He's got a, a number of charts there where they recorded the data of these pedophiles abusing these children, and they concluded that even the small babies were having a climax, and therefore they needed to know a lot about sex from the time we could pry them loose from their mothers. Uh, there are a lot of people upset about this in the UK, obviously. Uh, Tanya Carter with the Safe Schools Alliance says we need an urgent inquiry into the links between the UN and the stuff that's being pushed in the UK. Uh, they called for revising the standards to protect children and uh, help them to develop healthy and age-appropriate understandings of sex. Uh, they also said that it was extremely concerning that the UN and the WHO were promoting an approach that they say uh, is linked to people who promote the acceptance of pedophilia, which, of course, they're exactly right. Uh, now, this is the same World Health Organization that is, as we speak right now, working on a massive power grab over all global health. Uh, they call it the International Pandemic Treaty. They're making amendments to the international health regulations so that basically if there's another global health emergency, which you know there will be, uh, the WHO will be in charge. Now, again, I've been documenting this stuff for a very long time, uh, um, like six or seven years ago, the UN uh, World Health Organization, UNESCO and UNICEF came out with uh, what they call International Technical Guidance on Comprehensive Sexuality Education. Education. And in that document, they call for teaching five-year-olds things that I can't even mention because they're too sick and disgusting. So this is what the UN wants, folks. Uh, I think this should be considered a crime. I think the people responsible for this belong in jail, uh, or as the Bible says, uh, you know, they'd be better off with a millstone tied around their neck and tossed to the bottom of the sea. Uh, folks, doing this with your tax money is unspeakable. It's a crime against humanity. Uh, if this won't convince Congress to stop sending our tax money to these disgusting perverts, I don't know that anything will, but we must do it. This is insane. This is sick. It's evil and it must stop. Thanks, guys. Today's episode is brought to you by Freedom Project Academy. Looking for a K-12 classical online school built on Judeo-Christian values? FPA is enrolling now for the fall. Request your free information packet at freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R, school.com. It is way past time to defund PBS and the hopelessly biased NPR. Let's explain. This goes way beyond just having liberal or progressive leanings for many decades now. These publicly funded broadcast media outlets have practically become arms of the Democrat Party. But two interesting news stories include Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt moving to cut funding for PBS and Elon Musk's Twitter labeling NPR state-funded media. Now, similar to the funding of Planned Parenthood, the abortion giant, for example, why should all Americans be forced to fund something with our tax dollars that does not support our values? We're going to answer that question. I'm David Fiorazzo, and this is Christ and Culture. They're doing some great things in the Sooner State, 
and more states should follow their lead. Oklahoma Republican Governor Kevin Stitt vetoed a bill that would have continued the funding for the state's public broadcasting service affiliate for another three years. He defended his decision by saying he represents all taxpayers in Oklahoma, and it was based on the, quote, indoctrination and over-sexualization of children in PBS television programs. The governor explains, quote, and then when you go through all the programming that's happening and the indoctrination and over-sexualization of our children, it's just really problematic, and it doesn't line up with Oklahoma values, end quote. I might add, nor does it line up with biblical values. So Democrats there accused the governor of mounting an attack on, quote, public education and underrepresented Oklahoma communities. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did they just try playing the race card and saying LGBTQ ideology was education? Well, many of us agree with Governor Stitz that much of PBS's program content has a clear far-left bias and promotes the LGBTQ agenda, including drag queens. State by state, friends. That's the battle. Why should all taxpayers help fund, for example, the Oklahoma Educational Television Authority when it should be competing with stations and other media platforms in the private sector? Then... There is NPR, or National Progressive Radio. Last month, the new Twitter labeled the social media accounts of NPR, PBS, and the BBC as government-funded media. NPR was specifically uh, labeled state-affiliated media, which was later changed to government-funded. But after that, NPR threw a tantrum. Let's take just a brief look at just part of the Twitter policy involved here. Quote, state-affiliated media is defined as outlets where the state exercises control over editorial content through financial resources, direct or indirect political pressures, and or control over production and distribution. End quote. Now, NPR's budget is over a half a billion dollars. I think around 600 million, give or take a few. Uh, Let's hear from Joe Concha, contributor at The Hill. He said NPR is hopelessly biased. They launched in 1971 with part of its mission to, quote, speak with many voices, many dialects, (laughs) which assumes that they would embrace the most important diversity of thought and speech, right? He writes that, unfortunately, it's difficult to distinguish NPR from MSNBC. There are far too many examples to cite, one of them being NPR sugarcoating its coverage of the death of Cuban dictator Fidel Castro in 2016. Another example might be they refused to cover the Hunter Biden laptop story, of course. In one scandal, NPR received $100,000 from the pro-Iran deal Plowshares Foundation to ensure that they reported on the Iran nuclear deal properly. Now, NPR has also had an obvious anti-Israel bias for as long as most of us can remember. Now, we could go on and on with examples, but for most of us, it's redundant at this point. We're informed. American citizens need to know where our tax dollars are going 
And we then need to encourage our representatives to follow up and go to bat for we the people. Why should taxpayers be funding those who oppose our worldview and are loyal to one political party? Now, let's go back to PBS for those unconvinced that they have injected LGBTQ agendas in their programming geared for children. We're not just talking about Pride Month programming, which really it's Pride Year. It's all year round at this point across the board on all media. But anyway, here's a condensed list from CBN News detailing PBS content. A PBS NewsHour feature on parents' support for various gender-altering treatments, including puberty blockers. Next day, I had a gay character in Work It Out Wombats. Also, PBS Kids, Clifford the Big Red Dog introduced LGBTQ characters, including two lesbians. Also, a special about a town of Christians and drag queens who step into the spotlight to dismantle stereotypes. And finally, a same-sex wedding featured on PBS Kids Odd Squad. Now, this is a partial list. Do we need to go on? The animated PBS series Arthur began its 22nd season revealing Arthur's teacher is gay. His friend Muffy asks, who is Mr. Ratburn marrying? Well, another man, of course, was walking down the aisle with him. But back in 2005, in an episode from the spinoff cartoon series Postcards from Buster, Arthur's best friend meets several children who have two moms. Interestingly enough, they were on a trip to Vermont. <laughs> you can't make this up. The show is geared towards children ages five through eight. Hello? Five through eight years old. Children. We need to start calling it what it is. Demonic. Indoctrination. Godlessness. They have been sadly successful at taking full advantage of the access to children they now enjoy in practically every aspect of our culture. Who will stand against this? God bless you and keep speaking the truth about things that matter. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, EDUCATED. Support this show and a great American company. Do you know about childism? Well, childism is discrimination because you are a child. Like for example, if a student were to come up to me and say, hey Desi, I'm non-binary, can you call me they? And I told that student, oh honey, you're way too young to know your gender identity. This would not only be transphobic, this would also be considered childism. Not only am I not respecting their pronouns, I would also be discriminating against them because of their age. I'm saying they are too young to know what their gender identity is. If you don't respect children's opinion, that's a form of childism. So I'm a teacher, this helps. Every week, every week, my brain loses more and more brain cells because of people like this. And yeah, the young people are watching all of this crap and adapting their way of thinking to not only accept, but to promote all of this garbage. And to legitimize this nonsense further, we now have the 
age unicorn. Oh, yes, now we have an age unicorn. We have to have that. And it is designed to convince perfectly normal people that they should be questioning what age they identify as. Because everything now is just a spectrum at this point. We knew it was coming. We've said it for years. And guess what? We're here. Age is now a spectrum. So we're just getting started and we're going to go ahead and find out what other craziness is trending left. And speaking of going after the most vulnerable, here's a clip from an animated TV show called Transformers Earthspark. Watch how this show is absolutely grooming children to accept and defend the woke agenda. My pronouns are they, them. Thanks. I'm Sam. I'm she, they, but you already know that. <laughs> I know I'm safe when I'm with my friends or other non-binary people. Non-binary? People who aren't female or male. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have assumed. I always knew my pronouns felt right, but what a wonderful word for a wonderful experience. <laughs> this is what passes for cartoons for children now? I'm at a loss for words. My pronouns are, this is horrible. Now, speaking of the lost souls who are pushing this garbage, I want to introduce a woman who feels that pronouns cannot only be changed whenever you spin the wheel, but now only the cool kids should be allowed to use specific pronouns. Oh, okay, okay. So please, tell us more cliche, multicolored hair person with a rebellious bull ring in your nose. Please, please, tell me. Happy Pride, everybody. I already mentioned this in my story, but um, I've added a new set of pronouns to the pronouns that I'm comfortable being called. I've been sitting on Faye Fair Fair's pronouns for a while and honestly kind of psyching myself out about it. I'm like, oh, do I really want to like change this again? And then I like realized I was like, who cares? Like if I decide that I don't like them, I can just stop using them. My other thing about this new set of pronouns is that I would only like for queer and trans people to use them for me. I'm excited because Faye Fair pronouns make me feel very affirmed in my not feeling like a person. Did she just say fur? Go no, I actually don't go back and watch it. But I think she may have said fur people, because now those fur fur people are are the cool kids. By the way, that is probably the only time that person has ever been out in the wilderness. And it's probably just at a park somewhere and she quickly abandoned being at that park because too much outdoorsness. Woo. Anyway, since pronouns are all the rage these days, let's listen to a bearded, hairy-chested man with a woman's haircut who demands that you respect his, her, they, them, or whatever they identify as because refusal to do so showcases your ignorance. Go ahead. Asking anyone to respect me, I'm demanding it. When I tell you what my pronouns are, I expect you to use them. I deserve baseline human respect. You don't have to tolerate me, you don't have to accept me, you don't have to like me, but you do have to respect me. Trans people are done asking you to let us exist. I don't allow anyone to disrespect my identity. Your willful ignorance is your f***ing problem, not mine. <sighs> Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Nope, that's all. Okay, finally, I thought we'd end on a video that begs the question, what in the world triggered this to happen? Let the guessing game begin. 
Men's Bathroom Seattle Convention Center. I need somebody to explain this to me, please. I don't get it. Not the sticky shoes, which is absolutely disgusting. But what are... I don't get this. Help? All you had to say was Seattle. You had your answer. Seattle. Could have said San Francisco. Could have said Portland. Could have said pretty much all major cities in California or New York City or anything with a blue Democrat leader. Anyway, that's going to wrap up this segment. But of course, you can be sure, absolutely guaranteed, that there will be plenty more craziness next week. Until then, stay sane, America. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. Well, comes to be May, and that means we're going to hear a lot of commencement addresses. Oh, and boy. We have graduation speakers, and they're doing their speeches and doing all the things in front of the groups of people. And things tend to happen. Some good, some bad. So, it's going to make headlines, and we got a headline for you today. I want to introduce you to a woman I doubt that you're actually going to hear much about from the mainstream media, but of course you should. 24-year-old Elizabeth Bonker accomplished the incredible achievement of being valedictorian of her class of 500 at Rollins College in Florida. So she's one of five valedictorians to earn a perfect 4.0 GPA, but she's the first student with non-speaking autism to achieve the honor. So with the help of a digital translator, she delivered a speech at her graduation ceremony that was quite profound. We're going to take a quick look, just a minute, to listen to a portion of Elizabeth's speech. Go ahead. I know something about shared achievements because I am affected by a form of autism that doesn't allow me to speak. My neuromotor issues also prevent me from tying my shoes or buttoning a shirt without assistance. I have typed this speech with one finger with a communication partner holding a keyboard. I am one of the lucky few non-speaking autistics who have been taught to type. That one critical intervention unlocked my mind from its silent cage, enabling me to communicate and to be educated, like my hero Helen Keller. My situation may be extreme, but I believe Rollins has shown all of us how sharing gives meaning to life. During my freshman year, I remember hearing a story about our favorite alumnus, Mr. Rogers. When he died, a handwritten note was found in his wallet. It said, life is for service. You have probably seen it on the plaque by Strong Hall. Life is for service. So simple, yet so profound. There are 31 million non-speakers with autism in the world who are locked in a silent cage. 
My life will be dedicated to relieving them from suffering in silence and to giving them voices to choose their own way. For to whom much is given, much is expected. God gave you a voice. Use it. And no, the irony of a non-speaking autistic encouraging you to use your voice is not lost on me. Because if you can see the worth in me, then you can see the worth in everyone you meet. Wow. Wow. I hope she got a standing ovation for that yeah, one. Yeah, that's fascinating. And you know what that reminds me of? Imago Dei. Every human life is created in, in the image of God and is valuable and should be defended, protected from in the womb, whether you have autism or a disability, all the way to the most sick or hospice uh, patients, every human life is valuable. Absolutely. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see now where she goes, considering she's yeah. graduating Amazing. and being valedictorian. She, I mean, she has her life's purpose is our, is set out for her, and she she is grasping that with everything she has. A non-speaking autistic. Mm -hmm. I mean, really impressive. It's pretty amazing. Wow. Um, so you did hear that she, uh, you know, the famous, I guess, alum is Mr. Rogers. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, if if you can go to Rollins College, I, I, I think maybe you should because it produced at least two very good, <laughs> insightful at individuals. At, at least, least two. two. <laughs> the two we that know. we've seen there. Otherwise, <laughs> I didn't know anything about Rollins yeah. College. So yeah. that's awesome. All right. Well, we're going to wrap things up uneducated this week and it was pretty a pretty insightful week overall i always. must say it always is isn't it now uh, so that's uh it's it's been a good week for me that's that's all yep me too it's always fun and uh, for katie and myself thanks for watching listening sharing on social media please and for supporting the show and until next week stay educated america educated is directed and produced by mike menzel Hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.